There's a super interesting article that many of you sent me about who is likely to live longer from today, Joe Biden or Donald Trump, bearing in mind that Joe Biden is older than Donald Trump. This question relates to so much of the discussion around fitness for office, Trump's glitches, Joe Biden looking unstable and frail and sometimes falling and all of it. And one of the things that sometimes is genuinely difficult to talk about is there. While we don't ever know exactly when someone's going to die, there is an entire industry called actuaries that are paid to calculate when are you likely to die on average statistically. And one of the questions, of course, is age. Someone who's 80 today is more likely to die sooner than someone who is 10 today, all else being equal. But it also takes into consideration lifestyle factors. Uh, it takes into consideration underlying illness. It takes into consideration diet and weight and so many other things. And there's a very interesting new article uh, on The Messenger. Which president is healthier? Data show Biden will likely outlive Trump. I don't really care about this from a gossipy perspective. What's interesting about this is that there are so many on the right who have started to insist Joe Biden's never going to survive a second term. Now, when you look at the actuarial data and you consider the facts about Trump and Biden, what actuarial data finds is that from today, it is likely that Joe Biden will live longer than Donald Trump. Despite only a three year age gap between Biden and Trump, recent polling shows voters treating the two men's age differently. This we know. Um, the article is quite interesting. I encourage you to check it out. Biden has disclosed he takes prescription drugs to treat common conditions, including allergies, high cholesterol and gastroesophageal reflux. Um, polls show that voters are not treating the slim different in difference in age the same way. Washington Post ABC News poll found that 32 percent of voters think Biden has the mental sharpness it takes to be president compared to 54 percent for Trump. Yet, and this is where it gets interesting, available medical information suggests the two men are more similar health wise than different. A recent report published in 2020 by the International Council on Active Aging found that while both Biden and Trump have a higher than average probability of surviving another term in office, Biden's probability is 95 percent versus Trump at 90. The report attributes this to Biden's nearly perfect health profile for a man his age. It also found that while both Biden and Trump are likely to be part of a subgroup known as super agers, those who maintain mental and physical functioning and live longer than the average person at their age, Biden is expected to outlive Trump. The report represents the first time medical records and personal attributes of presidential candidates have been scientifically analyzed by scientists and physicians. It draws in part on annual medical disclosures released by both men during times at the White House. So this really is interesting. You're comparing the health of Biden and Trump. And what this finds essentially is that there's a lot of commonalities here, but there are some important differences, including Trump's obesity and diet obesity and diet. This is a very, very big deal. When you look at lifestyle factors, Trump is obese and Joe Biden is not. And this is something that has a significant impact on life expectancy. They're both older folks. Biden is 80 and Trump's a couple years shy of 80. But Biden is quite thin and is active, rides a bike, goes to the beach, etc. Yes, Trump golfs. He rides a golf cart between shots and is very overweight, in fact, obese, according to BMI, which is not a perfect indicator, but at least it gives us an idea. That's a major difference between the two, which affects life expectancy. And so my interest in this is less about another Trump's fat story, which are really not very interesting, but it's there is an incorrect assumption that statistically it's more likely Trump will live until January of 2029, the end of the next term, than it is that Joe Biden will live until January 2029. Statistically, while they are both likely to survive, uh, it is actually more likely that Joe Biden does. Now, is this a reason to vote one way or the other? Not for me. If either died in office, I would be more worried about what Trump would do while alive than what Biden would do while alive. 
And I would be more worried about what Trump's vice president would do if they became president if Trump died than my concern about what Biden's vice president, presumably Kamala Harris, would do as president if Joe Biden were to die. So there's the facts. And then there's also the fact that regardless, I'd still vote for Biden over Trump if those were the options. Disgraced and dishonest, indicted Republican Congressman George Santos has now compared himself to Rosa Parks in a completely mentally ill interview. We're going to look at a clip of this. This guy is challenging Trump for egocentric narcissism. He really is. He's really close to Trump in that sense. Let's listen to what George Santos had to say. They come for me, I go right back for them because I think for far too long they've gotten away with getting along to get along. So no, it's not going to stay that way anymore. I'm going to call them out. You want to call me a liar? I'll call you a sellout. I mean, Mitt Romney, the man goes to the State of the Union of the United States wearing a Ukraine lapel pin, tells me, a Latino gay man, that I shouldn't sit in the front, that I should be in the back. Well, guess what? Rosa Parks didn't sit in the back and neither am I going to sit in the back. That wow. Well, Rosa Parks, <laughs> I know this is crazy. Rosa Parks was trending on Twitter after this. Think of the contrast between George Santos and Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat to a white passenger on a bus in 1955 under legal segregation that uh, deprioritized and discriminated against black folks in the United States. George Santos lied about his job and claimed to have jobs he didn't have. Wow, what a contrast. Rosa Parks was arrested for violating unfair segregation laws as a form of peaceful protest, which you can argue was part of the catalyst that led to the civil rights movement. George Santos lied about being good at volleyball in college. OK, that's the contrast between these two. Rosa Parks inspired millions to join the struggle for racial equality and justice. George Santos has been charged with 13 criminal counts of fraud and money laundering. This is a form of egocentrical narcissism that really is unique in humans. And Trump seems to have caught a bit of it. And George Santos seems to have caught a bit of it. And it really reminds me of the fact that this guy has no business being a member of uh, the House. And I worry and many of you have written to me about this and said, David, what happened with Santos? It's like he lied about everything. He's under criminal indictment. And yet it seems like he's just going to be able to serve out his entire term. This is absolutely crazy. Has the media forgotten about him? As I told you just a month or so into George Santos's uh, um, tenure, unless you have new lies constantly to keep his name in the news, it is going to go away. And then the question is, do the voters in his district forget? And maybe he ends up getting himself reelected. He filed for reelection for 2020, uh, 2024. Or is this guy going to get uh, kicked out um, after just one term? My belief right now, even though George Santos's name is not in the news to the, the degree that it used to be, is that he's going to get kicked out, that he's going to lose reelection. But we, we have to ensure that there's a viable candidate to run against him. It can't just be like joke candidacies in George Santos because that's how he will end up getting reelected. But I recently saw his approval rating within his district. I don't remember what it was. It's very low. I don't I don't want to necessarily say single digits, but it might be in the like the teens. Very low. I don't see a path to his reelection unless no one really runs and it's all just kooky nobodies that aren't running really can't real campaigns and Santos. And he just sort of ends up uh, getting reelected because no one pays attention. Let's make sure that that doesn't actually happen. Leave a comment. If you had to guess right now, does George Santos get the boot or does jo George Santos get reelected in November of 2024? Rosa Parks, give me a break. Many people know how hard it is to break bad habits, and sometimes you have to replace a bad habit with a better habit. And that is exactly what our sponsor Fume helps you do. Fume is not a vape. I don't advertise vape stuff. There's no nicotine. There's no electronics. Fume is a small cylindrical wooden device that just delivers plant flavored air. It comes in a variety of flavors that people love. Crisp mint, maple pepper, white cranberry. They've got new flavors, sparkling grapefruit, orange, vanilla. 
importantly, it just gives your hand something to do. It's a device that feels good in your hand or in your pocket. You can take it anywhere. And it satiates that hand to mouth fixation that if you're trying to break a bad habit can be very useful. It's also fun to fidget with, which is important too. it has an adjustable airflow dial, a magnetic end cap. It gives your fingers something to do, even if it's in your pocket. Check out the reviews online. You'll see so many people have been skeptical at first about fume. They try it and they are very pleasantly surprised. Go to tryfume.com and use the code Pacman to save 10% when you get the journey pack, which comes with the device and several flavors to try. That's tryfum.com. Then use code Pacman for 10% off the journey pack. The info is in the podcast notes. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world, helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement, all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you nerd wallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. So summertime is in full swing. It's hot. It's humid. When you get sweaty, many of us know all too well what it means when you wear traditional underwear. It's the sticking, rubbing and chafing. It is not pleasant. That's why our sponsor Sheath Underwear has been a game changer for so many people. Sheath underwear is ergonomically designed with a pouch in the front. Keep everything comfortable and separate. When you wear the sheath underwear, everything stays dry and cool. Instead of sticking together, you feel the air flowing. It's great. It's really something you have to try to understand. This has been my go to underwear for years, all year round, but especially when it's hot outside. The humidity is bonkers. They have plenty of different colors and styles, something for everybody and the sticking and the readjusting experience underwear comfort like you have never felt before. Try sheath. Go to sheathunderwear.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman for 20% off. That's S H E A T H underwear.com slash and use the code Pacman for 20% off. The info is in the podcast notes. Okay, that seems like an error, so I'm going to redo it one more time. That's S H E A T H underwear dot com slash Pacman. Use the code Pacman for 20% off. The link is in the podcast notes. The David Pacman show continues to be primarily funded by our audience. The great thing about that is no one person can fire me. The bad thing about that is you can be part of firing me if you don't like what's going on on the show. But in all seriousness, you can sign up at joinpacman.com, which is the best thing to do. Quite frankly, uh, we keep all but two percent of every membership payment. We just pay two percent to swipe credit cards and uh, you get the bonus show. You get the commercial free audio and video streams, all of those great things. Sign up at joinpacman.com. No shortage of coupon codes, including indicted again. I did everything right and they indicted me. OK. Indicted again is a great, great coupon code. Let's hear from our viewers and our listeners. We love doing this on Friday. It's a good way to send us into the weekend, either incredibly inspired or horribly depressed, depending on how calls go. We're going to start today with Chris from Texas. You can join at davidpackman.com slash discord. Hey, David, can you hear me? Chris, welcome. Welcome back. All right. Thank you. It's so, so great to be on your program to today. What'd you say? Nothing. I'm kidding. Go, go, go ahead, Chris. All right. My first question is, I guess, I, as an African-American guy, I'm, I'm generally a progressive person. However, I feel like with progressives, we need to honestly try to have better inroads with the African-American community, especially like I remember seeing the results in like the Philadelphia mayor race and the New York City mayor race. How do you think we can like try to build inroads with the African-American community? Well, I think... First, we want to be really clear about the context. Nationally, 
um, black folks are one of the most, I believe, the most democratic voting uh, uh, block that there is, followed closely by Jewish Americans. So, th- by, by voting numbers specifically, we are seeing uh, actually incredible unity between what is the left in the United States, which for better or worse runs through the Democratic Party to some degree, and black Americans. That piece you acknowledge, right? Yeah, I acknowledge that. But I guess one of my big things I was just wondering is like, for example, like I remember also in 2020, like one of the big reasons why Joe Biden was able to win the primaries against versus Bernie Sanders was the African-American vote. Yeah, um, I don't have those numbers in front of me. Is there a particular state? I mean, listen, certainly in 2020 in South Carolina, where Joe Biden, you could argue, turned a corner, did a 180 or whatever. It Mm -hmm. certainly was thanks to the support not only of African-American Congressman Clyburn, but also the black vote in South Carolina. Like that's absolutely true. Um, I think the Bernie and black folks question, I just don't have numbers in front of me to be able to intelligently weigh in super specifically. But listen, if what you're saying generally is even though the Democratic Party sees great support from black folks. It would be great for the more progressive wing to continue doing outreach. I'm with you 100 percent. Yeah, but I guess one thing is like, how do you think we can probably do that? Uh, I mean, I don't don't necessarily want to do it via religious things, but I would think like we probably should try to advocate for more like how better things such as like health care and like wages and, and student loan debt, which is which are all racially based. Well, you're you're it sounds like you're alluding to something that is true, which is that there is um, a significant amount of religiosity among black Americans. And Mm -hmm. to the extent that Biden is, um, you know, famously Catholic and speaks about his religion and some more progressive Democrats like Bernie Sanders maybe do not. Maybe you're saying there, there might be some opportunity there. Yeah, but I don't I don't necessarily want to rely on religion. Just you don't know. Neither do I. Neither do I. No, listen, I don't have a playbook that I can outline, but you're definitely thinking about this issue in the right way. And I think it's 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 an important issue to be thinking about. I don't have a prescription right here and now that I could give. Yeah, I understand. All right. Thanks for the talk, David. Chris, thank you. Uh, Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, There is Chris. Let's go next to Hannah from Georgia. Hannah from Georgia, welcome to the David Pakman show. What's on your mind today? Uh, hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. So, um, I did have, <clears throat> I did have two questions. Okay. Um, one was if Trump or especially DeSantis were to be president, do you think they'd be able to use like federal powers to overstep states where we are are seeing them implement? some kind of protections like trans safe states, protecting abortion rights and like how that uh, I forget which state it was, but the governor um, used his powers to basically guarantee increased funding for schools for the next 400 years. Do you think like they'd be able to overstep those um, kind of protections? Sadly, in some areas they would. There are a bunch of state based um, institutions and programs that depend heavily on federal funding and federal rules. And I think that unfortunately, because they're using this as a as a scapegoat, I think uh, school athletics, particularly at the college level, may be affected by anti trans decrees from a potential President Trump or President DeSantis. So I think that's the bad news, Hannah. I think the good news is that in a lot of areas, they're either going to be unable legally or it will just be seen as a huge overreach for a President Trump or, or President DeSantis to try to override states uh, with federal legislation. But I think I think we shouldn't be naive. We should understand the risks with the Supreme Court if Trump or DeSantis win. And we should understand that at least in some areas, including potentially with athletics and in some other ways, particularly medical programs that depend on depend on federal funding, educational programs, they may be able to from the federal level 
override some of the great protections and programs that states are putting into place. So it's yet another reason why we need to make sure neither of those lunatics becomes president. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I also had a, another question if you have time. Sure, go ahead. Um, so I'm non-binary. I like was born female and but like I basically had the privilege of being able to live a non-binary slash like trans existence for mm -hmm. a lot of my life and I didn't realize it until later in life and hearing other people's stories because I was always playing co-ed sports mm -hmm. where I was one if not two of the females on the team stuff like that and like I feel like I had that privilege because I was born female and more you know lean more towards masculine but I feel like a lot of the politics around trans kids in sports is like so focused on trans women yes because they just like feel like they have to make you know cis women look weak and and like they're gonna be you know victims of trans women when like no one ever blinked an eye my entire life of me playing with guys and i'm like yeah. five feet tall <laughs> i've talked about this before the issue of trans sports is really only an issue of trans women in women's sports as you're pointing out nobody's concerned with the, the other direction and much of that has to do with if uh muscle mass and having gone through uh, um, uh, uh, male puberty confers an advantage. The quote worse that will happen from people born biologically female playing in men's leagues is they might just not do well. So it's not I think what you're saying, Hannah, is it's not seen as a threat that is that lends itself to scapegoating in the way that trans women in women's sports does. Do I understand what you're saying correctly? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. And we've talked about this. And I would even go further. This is only an issue with regard to trans women and women's sports in some sports, not in every sport. Now, that being said, I do think that progressives should engage with the facts about what advantages are or aren't conferred in any particular sport. If if this, I don't pretend to be an expert on this, and I know every time I bring this up, someone writes to me and goes, David, you're lending credibility. I'm not lending credibility to anything. All I'm saying is this should be explored as empirically as possible. And just because we're not going to discriminate against trans and non-binary people under the law and because we're not going to mistreat people and people should be allowed to use whatever bathroom they want, all of that can be true. And also, if it's true that we have things to figure out with regard to trans women and women's sports, progressives should embrace figuring it out with all the facts rather than just pretending there's nothing to figure out. That's my preference. Yeah, definitely. And also, I know it's anecdotal, but uh, a common comment that I got growing up was like, because I grew up as a cisgender woman, like I when I was good at sports, when I was dominating playing, whether it was with male or female, uh, you know, competitors, it was always like, if I, if I was winning against women, it was that I was built like a man and mm. that's why I was winning. And if I was w winning with the guys, it was that, well, she's different from other women. Well, like she, they were you know, taking she, it easy on you or like something? Guy, or, so oh, I see. Oh, I see what you're guys. saying. Okay. Was there yeah. also a she's doing well because the guys are taking it easy on her? Yeah, of course. And yeah. then also if the guys like retaliated because their masculinity was hurt. Yep. Then like I, I just like inherently felt the need to just not give them the reaction and like the satisfaction of right. hurting me, even though I like I did get hurt a lot. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Well, listen, Hannah, I appreciate the call. All points well made and uh, hope hope to hear from you again. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. There is Hannah from Georgia. Let's go to Ramiro from Indiana. Welcome to the program, Ramiro. What's going on today? Ramiro, please accept my invitation. Ramiro, you you're on the air. Yes, welcome. Hey, uh, I had a quick question. Um, your finance channel. Are you going to do anything with that in the future or, you know, you I, I don't know. Here's what's going on, Ramiro. Um, one of the things that I like to do is I like to test things out and see what the market is. 
And that applies to the finance channel, which I think has 12 or 15,000 subscribers. This applies to the Spanish channel, which I think has 4,000 subscribers. But as we approach another election season, I also it's important to make sure I'm not doing too much and spreading myself too thin. So we have paused the finance channel and will be pausing the Spanish channel. Why? I just don't think they're successful enough to justify continuing to pour time, energy and resources into them when our main channel is growing by 40 or 50,000 subscribers a month and is really the, the bread and butter where we're building an audience and, and doing all those things. I want to make sure I can focus on the areas where we're going to do the most. And so I'm just not sure whether we overstated maybe what the markets might be for that sort of content. So I don't know what we're going to do with it. I do think we're pausing into the election season. Okay, I understand. I just it's I think it's pretty invaluable content. I'm I've certainly been a subscriber since day one. So I really appreciate that. And you know, one of one of the things is there are so many things that we can do. Like just to give you an idea of what we have on our plate, there's the David Pakman show with all of the things that go with that. The guests, the website, YouTube, TikTok, threads, all that stuff. We've got live events that people want me to do. Uh. Speakers Bureau wants to talk to me about getting me involved in more public speaking, not like live shows, but public speaking. We've got the right. children's book and now the possibility of a series, which I'm, I ordered. Uh, I appreciate that. I, yeah. I'm starting <laughs> to work on an adult book, which is still very far off. So I'm not, you know, not not even much to, to say about that. Spanish Channel Finance Channel. We've got um, uh, now we're part of the TikTok creativity program beta. We're publishing to Snapchat. People want me to blurb their book. It's crazy. Now, I'm not saying this to you, Ramiro, <laughs> so that you feel bad for me. It's amazing to have all these opportunities. But the important thing is I can't possibly do all of them. So we just have to right. kind of pick and choose, you know? Yeah, I just didn't see any like announcement uh, regarding that. So I was just curious. So if it's on pause and down the road, we get something that'd be awesome. And if not, I understand. I love it. Ramiro, thank you so much for the inquiry. Yep. Thank you. Bye. All right. There goes Ramiro from Indiana. Great to hear from him. Let's go to Bray from Springfield. Bray from Springfield. uh, Welcome. Springfield, Missouri, I should say. Bray, welcome. Hi, David. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. Uh, So you actually featured my email a few days ago about a potential kids book ban. So I thought that was pretty cool. That was the first time I ever reached out to you guys. I thought it was kind of cool. I appreciate that. Thank you. Cool. Um, So something I've noticed with Trump is that obviously he has a humongous ego. And I think no matter what happens, he'll just continue to run for president for literally the rest of his life. So (laughs) I was wondering what your thoughts are about this is like for um, progressives, like best case scenario. So like somebody else wins the primary and then Trump runs as a third party. Right. And like splits the vote. Cause I, I, I imagine even if he does lose the primary, which is unlikely, he'll be like, Oh, it was stolen for me. Of course. The primary is stolen. So I, what, what do you think about that? I think that you are right. That Trump's ego is always going. He, he's never just going to say, hey, you know what? They beat me fair and square. Either DeSanctimonious beat me fair and square or Biden beat me fair and square or the Justice Department got me. I'm guilty. You know, I did it. They got me. Trump's ego will never let him do that. You're getting to what I believe is really a dream scenario from the standpoint of guaranteeing that neither DeSantis nor Trump become president. I think either of those scenarios is extraordinarily dangerous to the United States and the world. I don't think uh, Trump nor DeSantis should be president. The way to essentially all but guarantee it is indeed that Trump loses the primary but runs third party. If Trump can pull just five or 10 percent of the vote in these key swing states, He's mostly going to pull from Republicans who would otherwise be voting for DeSantis, and it could guarantee one of the biggest Democratic presidential wins in the United States in decades. That's my dream scenario. I don't think it's the most likely one, because as you point out, Bray, Trump seems to have a basically unobstructed path to the nomination. But if it happened, it would be an absolutely fantastic scenario. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think the likely situation is we get the same ticket we had in 2020 on the and presidential that same, ballot. You mean the same matchup in terms of Biden versus Trump. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, Just yeah. And Trump with some other. I mean, choice. it would be a different ticket in the sense that Trump would have some other VP. Oh, yeah. Um, I I think it's weird how he just abandoned his his vice president like that. And it's not it's, just it's abandoned. Not really a red flag. It's, yeah, it's actively attacked, actively attacked yeah. his vice president. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that's. Insane. Yeah. It's bonkers stuff. It's <laughs> his, really his supporters were were uh, calling for him to be hung. That's insane. <laughs> and I, I think it's crazy how that's not a red flag for so many of these uh, supporters of his. But I know. I mean, I, you I know, Bray, we'll here's where I'll leave it. Think back to November of 2016, the day after Trump was elected. If anyone had said four years from now, four years and two months from now, the people who voted for Trump Pence, some of them will be looking for Pence at the Capitol after breaking in and trying to hang him. None of us would have believed that. But that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, maybe. Maybe Rosie O'Donnell would have believed that. <laughs> right, 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 right. All right, Bray, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right, we're going to take the quickest of breaks and then stick with our uh, phone, phone lines. If you'd like to join the discussion, it's all on Discord, davidpackman.com slash Discord. If you've been thinking about getting a new mattress, Helix Sleep is where I would start. I've been sleeping on Helix mattresses for years now. I recommend Helix to everyone, which is why I wanted them as a sponsor. If you don't want to take my word for it, Helix has been awarded number one mattress by both GQ and Wired magazine. And one of the things that makes Helix unique is their sleep quiz. I didn't really know what kind of mattress would be best for me. But you do this short sleep quiz. You answer questions about your body type and your preferences, what position you like to sleep in. And Helix will match you with the perfect mattress for you. So you know you're actually getting something tailored to your needs instead of going in blind like most people do. I got my Helix mattress designed to stay cool at night since I hate getting hot while I sleep. Shipping is always free. You get 100 nights to decide whether you like it. My audience gets a huge 20% discount off of all orders, plus two free pillows. Go to helixsleep.com slash Pacman. That's H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash Pacman for 20% off and two free pillows. The link is in the podcast notes. Staying healthy and feeling generally good is all about habits that are sustainable, finding what works for you, something you'll stick to and it might be different for everybody. That's why I keep my routines really simple. Before I have my morning coffee, I'll have a scoop of AG1. AG1 is just this tasty green nutritional supplement. You can mix it into water or other drinks or smoothies. You get 75 high quality vitamins and probiotics from whole food sources. It's just a scoop of AG1. You're covering everything you would need for the day. I just don't have time to be dealing with 10 different vitamin supplement bottles or combining all these things. It's also really expensive to do that. It's just a single scoop of AG1 in the morning gives me all the vitamins that I'm looking for, saves time, more cost effective. You can go to drinkag1.com slash Pacman to get five free travel packs of AG1 plus a free one year supply of vitamin D. I've talked about vitamin D many times. That's drink a G the number one slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Let's go back to discord and hear from some more people at davidpackmancom slash discord. Incredibly important calls today of all kinds of all kinds. Let's go to Justin from Georgia. Justin from Georgia, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Oh, hello. Hi. Um, for having me. I was actually curious um, uh, if you've heard of um, Cornell West's kind of take on Ukraine, where um, he's saying that NATO provoked it in some way. And I think... Uh, 
it's it's kind of a strange theme of presidential candidates running on misinformation with art and making stuff up about vaccines yeah so i mean it's not as bad as like a trump or desantis but it's still definitely scary that there's there's people running that claim to be on the left that are running on just like lies and misinformation yeah. You know, what's interesting about you bringing this up this week, we did a poll. I'm going to address that more specifically in a moment. This week, we did a poll on the David Pakman community tab on the YouTube channel. And um, initially, uh, I forget the initial number, but basically based on the poll results right now, 13 percent of my audience says that they align most closely with the political ideology of Cornell West. Now, I actually these numbers have changed over the last 24 hours, I think, because the fact that we were doing this poll became popularized. West and Will and Marianne Williamson were much lower yesterday. I think some of their supporters have come in and boosted it up. But regardless, one of the really interesting things is that Um, 13% of those who voted say they align most closely with Cornell West, 13% with Marianne Williamson. If you look at the comments, many people say while they align most closely with those people, they're not actually going to be voting for them because there are specific issues that for them are sort of like uniquely disqualifying. It's kind of like with Bobby Kennedy Jr. There's lots of people who go, hey, I'm with him on a lot of this stuff. But when he said vaccines cause autism, that's uniquely disqualifying. So I'm going to end up voting for someone else. For me, I've said before, I'm not part of the revolutionary Leninist left that often implicitly or or explicitly defends Putin or defends Maduro Chavez or Castro or whatever. That's not the part of the left that I'm on. So for me, the Cornell West thing isn't super interesting. He was also originally running on the People's Party, which had no ballot access. Then somebody told him, like, hey, by the way, you know, you quite literally can't win. And then he's like, oh, I guess I'll run Green Party. Now I don't even know. Is he running on both? Is he running on one? For me, the candidacy is a mess. And the blame NATO and Ukraine for Russia invading is also a mess. So it's not for me, but I still think it's a good thing to have more choices and people are going to make their choices. I agree. And I think it's I'm very disappointed in Biden domestically, but I do think he's um, handling international affairs well. Mm. And I wish there was someone else who had like more, um, I guess, worker centric, um, willing to stand up Mm. or like, for example, with the Supreme Court, um, I know there's um the republicans have the house and that kind of prevents any kind of impeachment but the fact that there's nothing that can be done when clarence thompson thomas is just openly taking bribes yeah that's unfortunate but the president has all the power in international affairs like that's how it is so I would love to see I would love to have a president that's stronger on labor than Biden, for sure. I'm with you on that 100 percent. I'm glad. Thanks so much for having my question. What what are you eating, Justin? Yeah, I just made before you had me on. What? what, Hold on. What did you make? Uh, It's just honey nut Cheerios. You made honey nut. In other words, you, you put them in a bowl with milk. Yeah, I didn't really make it. Got fair, 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 fair. All right, Justin, we're going to leave you to it, okay? Thanks for having me. All right, Uh, Justin from Georgia, really uh, um, elbow deep in a bowl of cereal there. Why don't we go next to Grant from Ohio? Grant, welcome to the David Pakman Show. What is on your mind today? David, I've just been seeing such an increase and transphobia and really just anti-pride in general and i just and like the takes have been getting wackier and wackier each passing day i just saw that michael knowles said that condoms are gay on his program because um they don't lead to the ultimate consequences of having sex um which is pregnancy and yeah some, that was basically that me by a couple people um 
Now here, I'm going to ask you honestly, Grant, as, as someone, do you just do you watch Michael Knowles every once in a while? Do you watch regularly? I don't. I just saw a clip on it on T.Y. Uh, I think it was T.Y.T. They did. Oh, a, OK, so maybe you're not the right person to weigh in on this. But is your instinct that Knowles is genuine when he says stuff like that? Or is he just being deliberately provocative and saying something he knows is very stupid? You know, I think it's a little bit of the per- provocative stuff because mm. um, there was the wave of kind of Milo. He was kind of that provocateur back 2016, 2015, and then uh, he got canceled and all this other stuff, and he's gone wackier and wackier. So yeah. I don't – I think it's them grifting a little – I mean, all these people are grifters, obviously, but they're they're grifting into this avenue, and I just saw the other day that Iowa – DeSantis based pamphlet. I think it was a pamphlet, um, uh, Iowa GOP back, but they said they were using this in a derogatory way where it's saying Trump supports oh, yeah. uh, the, the gay movement. And I'm just Let like, me explain that grant to the audience for people who didn't see it. Some Republican organization, I don't remember if it was the Iowa Republican Party or who it was, they put out a mailer that basically was acting like Trump did great things by supporting gay rights. It was sort of like a, it, it, it's it's like a uh, it's like a reverse compliment. The idea being if we compliment Trump for being great on gay rights, homophobic Republicans might go, oh, whoa, I don't want to support Trump. That's what that's what Grant's referring to. Exactly. And so I'm just wondering your insight on how we've gotten to this point, because I remember I was in high school at the time when the Supreme Court uh certified or legalized gay marriage right and then kind of the talking point was okay now we go into trans issues i feel like we were making progress then but now it seems like we're just so far back and i don't know if it's with like schools and kids stuff and there's a lot behind it but yeah you know on on the monday show we interviewed rosie o'donnell and she talked exactly about this issue which is it's not a little bit of of uh, of regression that we've seen on LGBT rights. It's actually significant since Trump became president. There's a whole bunch of reasons for it. It includes number one, a lot of these folks already felt this way, but Trump made them feel more willing to say it out loud. Number two, that a lot of money is still raised on these social issues. Number three, that having abandoned policy altogether, what a lot of what what is what is increasingly uniting the right is these culture war issues. There's a whole bunch of reasons, but you're a hundred percent correct in your observation. Yeah, and I just feel like I agree with you. And then the monetization from media outlets and like the grift of attaching themselves to these issues has just yeah. become such um, a way a great way to make money for these folks and hatred sells, and so it's. It's concerning, and I'm just wondering what we do from a progressive um, standpoint to kind of obviously pointing it out and exposing these um, these morons is one way, but it's like like uh, I live in Ohio right now, and we're having the August election for the Ohio con- for our constitution to have the majority vote to be sixty for anything uh, to be passed. Yes, and we're trying to pass abortion, and uh, we're trying to pass. Um, uh, the right, the right to have an abortion in November. And it's just, I personally, I think we have a chance for it to pass because I think it's a lot more popular than people make it seem to be. Um, but well, it's, to answer your question, scary. most urgently, what we do is we prevent Trump or DeSantis from being the next president and potentially getting multiple Supreme Court picks. That's highly, highly urgent. All right. All right. All right Grant from That's Ohio. Fair. Thank you for the call. Thank you. All right. There goes Grant. Very, very important stuff. Let's go next to Tamisha from New York City. Tamisha, welcome to the program. Great to have you back. Hello. Hello. All right. I'm trying to hear you. The volume is not that great. Oh, no. But I can hear you a little bit. Okay, good. As long as you can hear me. We can hear you beautifully. All right. Well, um, I understand that everybody doesn't pay attention to politics the same way and everybody's not as in tune as like m- myself or you. Sure. But I find it very troubling that people vote based on very, very, very simplistic reasons. Well, yeah. Like, do you see that happening a lot? Of course. And often it's misunderstandings. That's the that's the really depressing part. 
one thing that wouldn't be great would be voting for really simplistic reasons like, oh, uh, Trump's going to build a wall that Mexico is going to pay for. It's like, oh, you know, if you really want to deal with immigration, you've got to deal with visa overstayers. And what do we do with those who are already here? Right. So if that that's one layer, the next layer goes, by the way, Trump's never building that damn wall and there's no way Mexico is paying for it. So it's like there's a second layer, which is not only is it are a lot of these voting decisions overly simplistic, they're based on misunderstandings or things that people think could happen that obviously aren't going to happen, which I would argue is even worse. Yes. And and another example is that, oh, under Trump, the economy was good and jobs were um, good. And then under Biden, we had inflation and we had this problem. We had that problem. So based on that, they're saying Trump is better than Biden. Right. And they don't understand that it's uh, first of all, Biden created more jobs than Trump. Trump outsourced jobs, even though he said he was bringing back jobs. And, you know, you try to get you try to have these debates with people and it goes nowhere. Yeah. And even I would argue, Tamisha, also people. If we want to be if we want to be intellectually honest, we should also say presidents only have a little to do with a lot of those things. I mean, the Trump economy was pretty damn good in those first couple of years, but it wasn't because of anything Trump did. It was the obvious continuation from the economic circumstances that existed under Obama. I'm not even praising Obama. I'm just saying that trajectory was there. Covid hit disaster. Trump dealt with it worse than others would have. And so the problems became worse than they had to be. Now, as you point out, record job creation under Biden, inflation lowest in 27 months, all these different things. It also only has a little to do with Joe Biden. Inflation Reduction Act was a factor, monetary and fiscal policy, certainly. But a lot of this stuff is bigger than presidents anyway. So like you're pointing out, layer one, economy was good under Trump, bad under Biden. Layer two is that's not actually true. Layer three is it only has somewhat to do with who's president anyway. Yeah. And it's those those many layers that get lost on people. A hundred percent. And I have one other thing I wanted to ask you. Um, sure. Are you familiar with the BRICS alliance? And do you feel like it's a big threat? And um, I also am hearing about our dollar losing the um, head of currency in, um, in, the, con- in Being the world the reserve currency. Yeah. There, so the second one, it's possible that the dollar will no will not be the reserve currency at some point in the future for the time being. It is. So let's let's table that for now. When you say the BRICS alliance, do you mean um, uh, BRIC like Brazil, Russia, India? Uh, what's the C now? I forget. Okay, is, what is, is it? China? China. Yeah, of course. Is that what you mean by BRICS? Yes. And Saudi Arabia is the S. Oh, OK. Um, I don't have I mean, listen, alliances aren't objectively good or bad. It depends on who's in charge of those countries at the time. What are the purposes of the alliance? And do we believe that it would be potentially a bad thing for the United States or whoever? Um, I think in a vacuum, it's just it's it's hard to say. What I will say is when our adversaries coordinate it's potentially bad for our interests. I think that that's hard to deny. Yeah, because I'm hearing a lot of doom and gloom about this alliance and the currency. And it's like I don't want to dismiss it, but and I try to do more research, but it's hard to really get um, accurate information. Of course, there are concerns and it's a topic to look into. But jumping to the sky is falling stuff doesn't really serve anybody well. Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. Well, Tamisha, you've really said it all. Any any arguments with people in the barbershop lately? Not the barbershop, but um, I don't I don't understand how I'm living in um New York City and I find so many Trump supporters. It's I know. Just amazing. I never see him. I'll be honest. No, every once in a while at a bar or something. But... I, I think I live because I've I've looked in the specific in the Bronx, yep. the specific areas that are red. I actually tend to live in. Okay, that will that'll be that. That's the answer. The crazy All right, thing well, is that I did go to Atlanta. Yeah. Just last week, and almost everybody there are anti-Trumpers. Right. That yep. I came in contact with. Well, I'm I'm sure that was a nice reprieve. Yes. All right. Thank you for the call. Always great to hear from you. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. There goes Tamisha, New York City. Um, that's going to do it for today. Let's go to a break. We'll take calls again. So appreciate everybody who called in today.
people in my audience trying to quit smoking or vaping. This is for you. You can't vapor smoke inside. You're tired of people seeing you put those little pouches in your lip. There is a nicotine alternative that people won't notice to help you quit. Zipix nicotine toothpicks. Our sponsor Zipix makes the only nicotine toothpick on the planet that is FDA registered. You can use it anywhere, work, restaurants, airplanes, sporting events after a meal. The toothpicks stay in a convenient little tube that goes in your pocket or on your keychain. It's way more convenient than carrying around a huge can of pouches all day or a whole bunch of gum or whatever the case may be. Zipix nicotine toothpicks come in flavors like peppermint watermelon, sweet wood, cinnamon, whiskey. If you're not a nicotine user, try out their B12 toothpicks with caffeine instead, a quick and easy alternative to coffee. Do your lungs a favor, cut the cigarette smoke, cut the vape juice. Quitting has never been easier with Zipix nicotine toothpicks. Go to zipix.com, get 10% off with the code PACMAN10 at checkout. That's Z I P P I X dot com. Use code Pacman one zero for 10% off. The info is in the podcast notes. All right, time for Friday feedback. We heard about so many different things from people over the last week, and I want to review some of them. Remember, you can always email info at davidpacman.com if you'd like to uh, submit some kind of criticism or praise or question or commentary. Also, we'll sometimes pick things from YouTube comments or replies on Twitter or more recently threads where you can find me at David Pacman. Uh, let's jump right right into it. Uh, this is a user who goes by the name user and says you are a liar, David, but it's the wrong liar. It's L I E R someone who lies down, I guess. Um, and you know what? It is true. At the end of a long day, reading all of the hate mail that I get and seeing messages like this, I lie down and I go to sleep. And it is true. I am a liar, this type of liar anyway. So really the the height of discourse and commentary. Here's another one. Ewenchen says you're American Taliban. Now, it's the wrong your because what they want to say is you are American Taliban. Me, I, David Pakman, I am the American Taliban because of something I said. But instead, what they because they use the wrong your, they end up meaning my American Taliban. There's an American Taliban that I have. Y O U R possessive. So, folks, commas can make all the difference. Commas can save lives, and apostrophes uh, apparently can uh, as well. Okay, Um, uh, Hermes or Hermes says I am a conservative leaning libertarian. And I like your show. I appreciate that. You know, one of the things that it doesn't bring tears to my eyes, I'd be lying if I said it brings tears to my eyes. But one of the things that is a source of uh, enjoyment is that even though much of the American right wing has been taken over by the Magapotamians, Magadonians, Magats, this extreme part of the Republican Party, there are still Mitt Romney Republicans and conservative leaning libertarians and others who will write to me and they'll say, David, you know, I don't agree with all the policy that you espouse, but it's very obvious that you're putting out content in good faith, that you're just telling it like it is. And you're, you're using the best facts you have to make your cases. You're not uh, dishonest on purpose. You might get something wrong and then I make an effort to correct it. And these are folks I can just talk to. You know, it's a this is one of the things I spoke about when I was on the Lex Friedman program. It's gotten where a lot of people in the United States are uncomfortable disagreeing about politics. It gets tense if it turns out we disagree about something. And part of the reason that it gets tense is that when someone like a maggot disagrees with you, it very often gets really ugly. There are plenty of conservative leaning libertarians and other you know nominal right wingers where it's like, oh, We have a different view about what the tax rate should be and uh, how welfare programs should be organized and maybe to what degree we should be spending on certain programs. But we basically agree about the facts, the basic facts. We basically agree about 
making the best environment possible in which we would raise children. We basically agree about fundamental basics of moral code. We just have some policy disagreements and then that's fine. And then we can go and we can play golf together or do curling or uh, play badminton or what all things I don't do, by the way, but maybe others do. Um, yeah, it, th- this has sort of become a lost thing because of the radicalization of much of the right uh, in the United States. Snow commented on YouTube, at least in the leaked audio, Trump admitted he was not the president anymore. Yeah, th- this is a f- it, this is a clever comment. We've had a bunch of these instances where we'll realize, oh, when Trump says he's running to replace Biden, he's in a way acknowledging he lost Biden won. And if Trump is running again, clearly he didn't win last time because you can't win three times or whatever. Yeah, yes and no, because Trump would argue I won, but I didn't serve. So I still can serve one more term in the leaked audio. Trump very clearly says I'm no longer the president. And there is a degree to which it gives us pleasure that Trump is admitting that he knows he's not the president, whatever it is people might be saying behind the scenes. James Staru commented on YouTube. I like this. I saw a video of yours from like 10 years ago. What blew my mind was just how consistent you have been over the years. Aside from being slightly lower audio quality, that's true. It was like you were still doing the show how you do it today. You know, I like this, but I also think it's important to mention when you get new information, it's logical to change your opinion. So I'm not someone who subscribes to this idea that if you believed something once and then you believe something different, that you flip flopped in a way that's worthy of criticism. When the facts change, we adjust. There are, of course, issues, including, you know, my my commitment to supporting and protecting marginalized individuals, my general views about progressive taxation and health care for everybody and all these things. The facts haven't changed, or if they have, they've they've changed more in the direction of reinforcing my views where, of course, I've been consistent. In addition to that, there are areas where sometimes the facts change. And so we revise our views. That makes sense. That should actually be celebrated rather than attacked. And you might remember John Kerry was hugely attacked for flip flopping as if simply changing your opinion is wrong. When the facts change or our understanding of something changes, it's logical to change our opinion and that should actually be celebrated. Marie was not happy with what I said about Trumpists being cultists. Marie said to me, one of your videos popped up in my feed and I'm curious as to why you called Trump a cult. Do you say this about Catholics too? Just curious. Well, it's very interesting by mentioning Catholics. Marie seems to be saying Trumpism is a religion rather than a political movement, which is an interesting one. And there is a degree to which there is there is a cultish aspect to Catholicism. But I don't know what Catholicism has to do with whether MAGA is a cult. Marie goes on to say, as a Trump supporter, I supported many of his policies. And as you can see it from the current most corrupt Biden presented family is in the White House. Okay, so the grammar and spelling going off the rails. Marie continuing, Trump told you the truth on so many things about Biden, about China, and now we don't even have a border. Billions to Ukraine, 80,000 children disappeared at the border under Biden. Um, We don't have a border anymore. I didn't know that. They love saying that we don't have a border anymore, but I, I think we do still have one. And lastly, all the Trump supporters I know are good down to earth men and women who love America, love God and serve others. Sounds like you're the racist. Now, of course, it's the wrong you're. She says it sounds like why you are the racist. But what's interesting is if I say MAGA is a cult and you call me racist, are you admitting that there's only white people who support Trump? Because I can't think of any other way in which saying MAGA is a cult would be racist unless MAGA is all one race. And we know at least on the margins, there are some non-white people who support Trump. Kate wrote in about Chris Christie and says, I'm not a fan of Chris Christie, but he is the only Republican in the race who I think is a decent person. I also like that he brought up Hurricane Sandy. My family has a house at the Jersey Shore. We never liked him, but he did do a good job after Sandy. My house had to be completely redone. My grandparents' permanent residence is on the same street. They were displaced for six months 
and were given two thousand dollars a month for living costs. I appreciated Chris Christie's leadership with that. Yeah, listen, I don't think Chris Christie is the epitome of morality or anything like that, but he's so obviously the only marginally sane person running in this Republican primary. It's stark the contrast with everybody else. Jonathan Long asks, is Parkman on the take from Big Pharma? No, I'm not. Thanks for checking. I know people uh, who, who are against vaccines love to say I must be getting paid by Big Pharma to say the things I do. I just look at uh, randomized control trials and, and actual medical studies. I don't need any money from Big Pharma to figure out the truth about a lot of these issues. But thanks for checking. Uh, Rick Watson says Trump doesn't have to debate with anyone because he is for the American people. These other thug just want our money. Sorry, the truth hurts. And Suzanne responded to Rick too much Kool-Aid. Yeah, this is a this is a new one. Trump, of course, is laying the groundwork not to debate in the Republican primary. And he's saying it's you know, I don't need to. I'm winning by so much. And Fox News is bad, all this different stuff. This one is Trump's for the American people and the others aren't. So he doesn't have to debate. Good for you, Rick. Good for you. Very, very interesting. And then lastly, from Lindsay, Lindsay says, I am a registered Republican, even though I vote blue. I will vote for Trump in the primaries because I think Biden can beat Trump more than I fear DeSantis will beat Biden. Um, I think that's super interesting. This is something people have called in about. If indeed we believe the polling, which says Biden will do better against Trump than against DeSantis, shouldn't people on the left be registering as Republicans and voting for Trump in the primaries to make Trump the nominee because it is more likely that he will lose to Biden. This is not the type of strategy I encourage people to do because it is a little bit of a it's a little bit of subterfuge. And I just don't know if it's the right thing for me to encourage. But needless to say, there are many people in our audience who have written to me about that, saying that that is what they are going to do. Consider it as an option that is available to you. We have such a great bonus show for you today. Sign up at joinpacman.com to get access to the bonus show. Oh, the bonus show where you want to make money. But everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Absolutely right. We're going to make money on today's bonus show. You can use the coupon code indicted again. You can use the coupon code indicated. You could use the coupon code 24 starts now. Any code you want to use is fine. But joinpacman.com is the one place to use it. We'll see you on the bonus show or otherwise have a good weekend. We'll be back Monday.